0: Since the invention of fire, man has spun stories of gods and monsters.
1: From a million years in the future, Heavy Metal presents Wonder Work. It's not every day you meet your overlord, but who better to meet him with than your local reporter and Baker so sit back take a listen and enjoy the fritters this is the Baker the Alien and the Reporter look at them all of them A vile species that has infected this gorgeous planet. These ants have existed for a blink of a cosmic eye and yet deplete this planet's magnificent minerals and metals for... Industry? Disgusting. What is this? They haven't even moved off world yet. Pathetic. What a waste of carbon. I will make quick work of this world. Another world at the mercy of Deanos. Another galaxy will be cleansed of inferior life. This world deserves better. It demands a better version of life. And I am here to deliver it that chance. These humans have never met an intergalactic being. This will be like taking rock from a baby planet. How exciting.
2: The day started like any other day. I woke up, brushed my teeth, and never for as long as I should, but got dressed and ate. Two egg omelet, peppers, onions, ham, and provolone. That is the real breakfast of fucking champions. Cleaned up and did my hair. I mean, I gotta look good for the camera, don't I? After I got through the old morning war, I got in the hatchback, drove off to my first site, Nice and easy. Finished my bit with my typical sign-off. Thomas Redding reporting live for XCT 100 New Hope's number one station for breaking news. Now back to you, Rita and Wilson at the studio. That was all par for the course. Typical day in the life of a small town field reporter. But nothing about this day was typical for fuck's sake. My crew and I left the site of our morning interview, Mrs. Fucking Wake. Simple story about her nonprofit for better water dams and New hopes. and Bless her heart, but that, that was the last normal thing of my existence. As we move towards the outskirts of town, and mind you, town is about the length of a baseball field, like nothing impressive here. That's when we saw it. A fucking alien spaceship. Like, like seriously, what in the actual fuck? It was just there, li- li- lying in the field, it was, and it was massive. I-, I couldn't even tell you its size, but massive isn't even right. It was the biggest thing I had ever seen, but it was beautiful in design, uh, elegant, if you will, just like the movies. And and, and by the way, did I mention, fucking aliens. <laughs> but we knew, it, it wasn't a prop, we just knew, you know. You see something like this and you know when it's real and, and when it's fake, uh, or at least I do. You know, television is a fickle thing. You know, the moon landings can be faked, just kidding. But seriously, that wasn't faked, but neither was this. It was a fucking spaceship. So we roll up to the bakery. Oh yeah, you can't make this shit up. Our next bit was at a bakery. Let's just fucking grab a donut and welcome our overlords, why don't we? What a a surreal sight. Lucy, Tim, Megan, and all our fucking gear trekking down a small town road. And just an alien ship on the left and the town's famous bakery, Baker's Dozen, on the right. The only silver lining is my old pal Quigley Ruper. He was the infamous baker. So, if we're all going to die, or be enslaved, or experimented on, at least I'll be in good company. So we get there, and Quig's hadn't even seen it yet. I-, I mean, how could he have, right? There's lines around the corner, from dawn to dusk. And bless his soul, you know, he may have trouble keeping wives, but boy does he have a talent for ensnarling customers. And leave it to Thomas Redding of XZT100 to break a story. Quig's, you look outside your front door yet? God damn it, dude, aliens, fucking aliens. Okay, so back to the story. So we brought Quiggs up to speed and we quickly grabbed his famous apple fritters, took him outside to see this ship. Interviews about sugar demons be damned, there were real demons on our doorstep. We were so intrigued at this point, but did I I mention that Quiggs and I grew up together? Well, we were transformed back into our 12-year-old boyish selves. His team and mine screaming at us, but we didn't care fritter in one hand and our iPhones are snapping videos in the other. We were so fascinated. You know, a dreaming sort of fascination just spilled over us. So much so, we didn't even care what would happen if we got close. Maybe it was us being naive, maybe it was fate, who knows. All I know is, goddamn Quiggs makes a damn good apple fritter. We would spend hours, hours, in the kitchen as kids. Half the time, you know, baking with Quig's mom, and half the time just making an utter mess, using flour as a weapon and the Roper's house as the battlefield. Uh, Bless Betty and Joseph. They, They put up with a lot back then. But every night, after the mess was clean and the dishes were done, Joe would take Quig's and I up to the roof and we would just gaze out into the starry night with their telescope. So, as you could probably see, we felt compelled to see beyond. It was ingrained in our DNA. I mean, look, if you're gonna die young, what better way than first contact? And hey, at least our names will be in school books. If there was a society after this entity thing had its way. Quiggs was 40, I'm 41. When were we gonna see aliens again? You know what I'm saying, a small town reporter and a baker? <laughs> I mean, it makes me chuckle just hearing myself say that now. But we had to, you know? We couldn't not, not savor the moment. We ran inside. I grabbed a couple of joe from behind the counter and had Quiggs talk to me one of his new concoctions, a rum-filled cinnamon eclair. Hmm. Grabbed his lawn chairs from the back and posted up in the middle of the street. We just gazed at the ship till our cups were dry and our hands were left with nothing but sugar. The eclairs were good, mind you, but they didn't hold a finger to the fritters. And so, you know, after a bit of caffeine and enough sugar for a lifetime, We still had that urge. We had to see, we had to know. Our crew wasn't as amenable. They were younger, fuller, young life and wanting to live. So Quiggs and I left them at the shop and we made our way to the ship. We walked forever. And good thing we picked up another round of fritters when we left the kids at the shop. And while it looked close with the naked eye, it wasn't really accessible. So we trekked for what felt like three hours, goddamn perception. That ship was far out there, or we were just slow and fat old men. Either way, we arrived at your doorway, and now we are here to serve, to be of service.
1: So it would seem your body is now forfeit. While your minds are now mine, I will consume your essence and we will now become one. We will evaluate this species you call humanity (laughs) and decide on its fate as one.
2: Quigs and I looked at each other, thoughts running through our minds as if we were already connected. Should we run? Fuck it, let's do it. Everyone's gonna die anyway. Look at this thing, we might as well. Every thought, every idea flashed between our eyes in an instant, and that's all it took for this creature to decide for us.
1: Submit your essence to my command and access the information of your species. Learn about your heritage with impunity, and once you are satisfied, we begin.
0: Look at them. All of them. Their vile nature. Their weak stature. Their brutality in the face of companionship.
2: To think we were
0: them. To think we had that disease. But now? Now we're one with him. With
2: salvation. salvation. And you know, that me talking again. I thought to keep my good humor all along, but... You know, when a superior alien overlord folds you into his infinite consciousness, you kinda just go with it. So, while this was fun, I'll be going now. But do stop by a baker's dozen. Those fritters are goddamn good.
1: Enough! I can hear your thoughts, you worthless human. Now, as I was saying, it's in this moment when I understand the power of destiny, the will of purpose, and the meaning of my existence. I gaze down at the planet, reborn with new memories through my would-be disciples. The aurora of this planet's sphere brings a smile to my biological skin as thoughts of the conquest coursed through my metal bones. It's happened before and it'll happen again. Planet after planet has kneeled to my will. The fusion of the natives have made me wise throughout the millennia, learning the truth of my origin. Time and time again I Face destiny with the companionship of its people. Today, Thomas Redding and Quigley Rupert, you take your places amongst the many voices of Deannos. Planet is peculiar. You've built cities and communities, eateries and entertainment activities, and yet you fight and kill your own. In all my time in the cosmos, I've yet to come across a planet so advanced in civilization, yet so destructive
2: in its humanity. We are a people of great complexity. That is for certain. Fueled by war and anger, fueled by the need for conquest, but also fueled by creativity and culture, food and dance.
1: Ironic that conquest will be your last page in history. Ironic that your vices of community created divisions so grand that planetary wars happened not once. But twice, differences of culture didn't bring you together, it tore you
0: apart. But we are a fruitful people, a curious breed. Take my bakery for example. We are drawn together through great food, through great conversations sparked by the dough that is shared. Yes we have fought, yes we have battled, but growth does not come without its sacrifices. My so-called fame would not have happened without my focus on the bakery, and it did destroy two marriages. We can evolve. We can find ways to be better. But that comes with needing a learning curve. Guardrails, for heaven's sake. You said you were a species of cosmic moment. Give us time to grow.
2: But Quigs, see reason. Use us, for example. Before we were saved by Dinos. I was swinging by to report on the vandalization of your shop by faux protesters looking to provoke violence. We are only as strong as our weakest link, and our links towards the edges of the spectrums are mighty frail. That may be true, Tommy, but we're still infants looking for parents,
0: not an exterminator. And T, where is that boy's charm I'm so used to
2: with you? I thought I was a philosopher and you were the class clown. Sorry, Quigs but a million-year info dump has taken some of my charm, I guess. Disciples,
1: listen as your species' original sin is greed. The need to hoard more than needed. To take for tomorrow when others need today. You preach compassion, but you act as tribesmen. Your people once believe they care about the future, but then litter the streets with waste. Your people only care what they can make for their family, and thus greed and fear consumes your people's every
2: decision. While you're right and your conquest of our people is without question, our Our individualism individualism is now now one with the savior. We We hope our memories bring more than pain pain and suffering to your your consciousness. We lived fine and nobiles as humans humans on Earth. Earth. We We opened opened businesses and reported on the news of our cities.
0: We built legacy through blood and wealth, through through hard hard work.
1: The microcosm of prosperity does not forgive the madness of the many. Your people are in suffering while the few live lavishly. The caste system of class provides the fruits of labor to a rigged system that allows for the well endowed to stay as such. I do not find that very congenable. Greed drives your species soul and it must be cleansed from this life bearing world. It is an infection that with your help we will
0: eradicate. The realities of your words burn deep into the fabric of our species. You are not wrong. For the light and color of our
2: species bring to this Earth. A price of great sorrow and destruction comes with it. When the bill has come due, we are ready ready to proceed. proceed. The time time has come to remove remove this infection from from the the planet, planet. And allow it to start over. Never.
1: Have I been more hopeful for a planet than I am at this moment for yours. We will rule, rule the, the people. people and provide harmony
0: amongst chaos. Provide wealth and means so that greed washes away as the ocean shores reveal the destruction humanity has laid unto her seas. It had been decided.
1: We moved to the sky. By this time, the humans had an aerial assault waiting for us. We made quick work of them. Red Leader, flanking port side. Fire at will. Blue Two, here. Watch the omnidirectional cannon on the bow of the ship. We need to disable it. Copy that. Let's get this motherfucker out of our airspace. Approaching target. Wait a minute.
0: What
2: is that coming out of it?
0: Watch out! What the fuck is that?
2: No! Shit! We can't disable it. There's some kind of force field. Fall back! Fall back!
1: A silly attempt with inferior technology. But I wanted to show off bit. Can you blame me? Shit. This Thomas Redding's attitude is infecting my system. Anyway, I brought my ship to the cusp of the planet and finished the job. Another world cleansed of its disease. Another world left to start anew. I eradicated the humans in the most humane way I could. I dropped an asteroid on their head. You know what the best part of this whole Earth cleansing was? I now know how to make the best goddamn apple fritters in the galaxy.